Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining me on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 12. And we saw in the last episode that Jesus was gathered together six days before the Passover, and he was in Bethany. And he's at the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And remember, Martha was in their servant, and Lazarus was reclining with Jesus. And Mary, as we always see this this particular Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. <clears throat> and she brought out some very costly perfume, some spike nard, some nard, and was anointing the feet of Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair, and the whole house was full of, of the perfume. Well, we saw the reaction of Judas, and what I want us to see today is what Jesus was facing and what we as believers will also face. Here you have Judas, who is one of his disciples. It says that in verse 4, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples. And then the next phrase says, who was intending to betray him. Jesus had someone from within that betrayed him. And Jesus knew it from the very beginning. Jesus says that forthrightly, just point blankly. He says, I know that one of you will turn on me. And he knew which one it was from the time that he selected him. Then why did he choose him? Because the Father told him to. Okay? So there's one that would betray him from within. So what was Judas doing here? Judas was sort of hacked off because he made the statement, well, why was it this perfume sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Well, John tells us why in verse 6. He wasn't concerned about the poor. It's because he was a thief, and he wanted access to the money. I find it interesting that the one disciple that had the access to the money, that had the money box that took care of all that for the disciples, was the one that would be the turncoat, okay? It was the one that intended to betray, was the one that used to pilfer from the box. That's just sort of a word of warning here about the dangers of the money. And there's some pictures right here for us, okay? So what did Jesus say? Jesus literally looked at him and said, leave her alone. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. And so what he's talking about, she has this pound of of perfume and stuff. You know, quite often you think, well, she must have poured all this out. But when he says that she may keep it for the day of my preparation... I think there's an idea here that he's actually being prepared for that burial, but that she didn't use all of it, but that she would use it all when he did die. Okay? Now, watch what happens. It continues, verse 9. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that Jesus was there. So they learned that Jesus was at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. You know, this is one of these little uh, pictures, one of these little nuances that is rarely taught or preached or anything. The people heard about Jesus. They would come to Jesus, but not only to see Jesus, they wanted to see Lazarus. Because remember, Lazarus had been dead, right? And they'd heard this story. And they came, and they knew he was dead. He'd been dead four days, and now they can walk in there and see him. I mean, that's profound, the impact it was having on that. Okay? You can imagine how the religionists reacted. 
We don't have to imagine. <laughs> We're told in the next verse. Okay, But the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death also. Verse 11. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Boy, you want to get a religionist mad is when you speak forth the truth, when you live the truth, you present the truth, and they go the way of the truth, and they leave the way of religion. They leave the way of uh, false teaching and false doctrine. That really gets the religionists hacked off. And so they had determined not only are we going to kill Jesus, but we're going to put Lazarus to death. The same thing. This should not be a surprise to us. And you say, well, why should it not be a surprise? Let me go to another portion of the scripture, okay? This is in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Yeah, I'm going to start in verse 10. I'm actually going to go to verse 12. Let's just listen to verse 10. Now, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, and Paul is passing the baton, for lack of a better term. Now, you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, my persecutions and sufferings. Such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, the Lord rescued me. Now, you can go to the book of Acts and read the accounts about all those, okay? The persecutions, the things that happened to him, the patience, what he had to do, the suffering. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times we think that when the Lord rescues us out of something, that means we won't have to face it. Paul was left for dead in one of these situations. Okay, the people that attacked him left him for dead. And then it says that the believers gathered around him and he rose up and he went back into the city. Doesn't tell us what they did, but why would the believers be gathering around him? I mean, are they gathering around just staring, looking at him? I think they gathered around and they prayed and they came forth from the dead. Okay, we see it with Lazarus. We see it perhaps with Paul. So he's telling Timothy, you know, follow my example. And then he gives Timothy this promise. Are you ready for this? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That is a statement of fact. It is a promise. If you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, if you desire to abide in him and to be in him, you will be persecuted. You'll be persecuted from within, okay, from within. Something like a Judas, someone who is a, a, a false believer who professes to be one. You'll be persecuted from within also from the point of view of the religionists who are really out. Both those are out. They're not true believers, so they're outside the faith. But they're part of the group and part of the organization. Well, you think, well, maybe he's talking about something different. No, listen to this. 2 Timothy 3.12, again, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, verse 13, but evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So he says it in the context of evil men, and he says it in the context of impostors. There are going to be impostors among us. There are going to be evil men among us. And they will do exactly what the chief priests were planning to do to Lazarus. They're going to seek to kill. They're going to seek to steal. They're going to seek to destroy. Okay? This will happen. We need not be surprised by it. And the whole reason is because we said in verse 11, chapter 12 of John, listen to this again, we'll be done. 
because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Because on account of a true believer who is seeking to live a true life of the kingdom, it's drawing them away out of darkness. It's drawing them away from that religion and that religious spirit. And those religious rulers can't stand it, and they will seek to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't be surprised about it. It happened to Jesus. It happened to Lazarus. The Lord has told us that all of us who desire to be Christ-like will be persecuted and undergo trials and tribulations like this in the same way that he did. We are to fear not. Trust me, it's going to get worse. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye.